Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. How about a nine wins in a row edition of Flyers Daily? Zanheim shot deflected right on the rebound. Back out in front, Drew with a shot. He scores! The captain of the backhand puts it by for his 20th of the year. Voracek back to Drew with a shot. He scores! Voracek to Drew for the second time tonight. And the Flyers lead it 2-1. They poke it back to the net. They score! Oh, they played it back to their net minder. And Carter Hutton gave it up to Faraby right in front. And Joel Faraby swats it home. It's 3-1. All right, before we get in the meat and potatoes of your March 8th episode of Flyers Daily, let me tell you that the race for the playoffs is on. So don't miss every crucial game as the Flyers host the Eastern Conference leading Bruins Tuesday before the back-to-back home game weekend on the 14th and 15th. Shop now at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. And there you have it. The Flyers' ninth straight win, a 3-1 win over the Buffalo Sabres, a game where perhaps the Flyers didn't have their A game. Perhaps they didn't have their B game. Maybe not even their C game, but they had enough game to come away with their ninth straight win and two more very important points in the standings, and that's what matters. You're not going to have your A game every night. Some nights you're not going to have your B game. Some nights you're not going to have your C game. But when you can come away from those games still getting two points, albeit against an inferior opponent, you'll take it. Now, maybe the team didn't have its A game, but a certain member of the team did have its A game, and that was Carter Hart. 39 shots on goal by Buffalo, several high-danger chances, and the young goaltender gives up a whopping one goal. 38 saves. For Carter Hart, he's the reason why they got the two points tonight. Elaine Vino said as much after the game. He said our goaltender brought his A game, and that was the difference. Everybody else was just okay. Well, Carter Hart got the job done again. He improves his home record. I mean, it's getting ridiculous at this point what he's been able to accomplish at the Wells Fargo Center this year. It's just simply amazing how good he has been. At home this year, a record of 19-2-2, make it 22-2. Prior to this game, a 9-4-2 goals against, or 9-4-2 save percentage, and a 1-6-4 goals against average. I mean, just ridiculous numbers. And I recounted this conversation I had with Carter uh, on the broadcast last night during the game. And I'm going to recount it now for those that didn't hear it. After the game on Thursday, after the Flyers got their eighth straight win over Carolina, Carter was in the locker room waiting a couple minutes for his immediate availability to start. Another player was talking to the media, so he was just waiting patiently, had a couple of minutes. So I was just standing there and had a chance to chat with him. And we often chat, he and I, in that realm, kind of just standing there and and talk about goaltending, talk about goalie gear, all those kind of things, talk about you know, the little intricacies of his game and his mental approach and those things. And and I asked him, and I should have known I was going to get the reaction I did before I asked him because I, I know what his mentality is like at this point after a couple of years around him. But I asked him, I said, I said, man, your record at home and the way you're playing in this building is astounding. And he kind of just looked at me and had this look on his face and didn't say anything. And I'm kind of standing there with Zach Hill, who's the Flyers PR director, And I said, um, after I kind of saw the stare for about a second and a half, which probably seemed like an eternity at the time, I said, you don't care, do you? (laughs) And he said, no, I don't care. I don't care what's happened. Uh, And and, and that's like the ultimate goalie mentality. He's had this this, uh, 
psychological sports coach, sports psychiatrist since the age of 12, a guy named John Stevenson who works with other NHL goalies. You probably heard me reference him before. He works with Braden Holpe. He's worked with some elite goaltenders uh, in the NHL, worked with major college uh, goaltenders, major junior players, a lot of them. And he's a great sports psychologist. And Carter is is a student of the mental game as much as he is a student of the technical aspects of goaltending, as much as he is a student of the uh, the play reading of a goaltender, he is really maybe the biggest student of the mental aspect of the game. And you always tell goaltenders when you're coaching them is it's always about what's next. It's never about what you can't control. And what you can't control is what's already happened, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent. So I could tell by the look on his face, he's like, I don't care. I don't care what I've done. If I could be 41-0 in a regular season at home, that doesn't matter because that doesn't serve me any good moving forward. And he's a guy that, as a goaltender, you're, you're, you're taught that if you let in a bad goal, you have to let it go. You have to have the shortest memory of any position in any sports because dwelling on the goal that you gave up will serve no purpose in your ability to stop the next one that comes, the next shot, the next attempt, the next goal-scoring chance. And it's the same thing, the mentality, when you're talking about a game. Uh, worry, uh, lauding yourself for a good game or hanging on to a bad game will do you no good in your preparation for the next game. So he's a guy that's so rigid, rigid, and that's the word I tend to use a lot with Carter Hart, in his preparation and in his mental focus, that he doesn't care that he's 22-2 and two on the season. And it's just amazing because he comes out again tonight, gives up one goal, bails his team out, and they get two points in the standings. Now, the Caps did win earlier in the day on Saturday, uh, 5-2 over the Penguins. So they picked up two points. They moved to 89 points in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, the Flyers move back up with the win over Buffalo and match that 89 points. But again, uh, just for those that maybe didn't hear it before, don't understand why the Flyers are number two in the division right now, even though they're tied with the Caps in 89 points and they have identical records. They've each played 68 games. They each have 41 wins. They each have 20 losses, and they each have seven OTL. So what's the tiebreaker? Where's the difference here? Where's the rub? And a lot of people look at it and they say, well, the Flyers have been really good against the Caps this year. They've gone 3-0-1 against the Washington Capitals. How can the Capitals possibly have the tiebreaker? Well, head-to-head is not the, the the tiebreaker in the NHL. The first win, the first tiebreaker is regulation wins. It's just wins. And each the Flyers and the Caps have 41, so they're tied there. So you have to go to the second tiebreaker, which is regulation and overtime wins, or as you see it in the standings column, it's R-O-W. Now, the only thing that that's missing is shootout wins. So it's regulation and overtime wins. The Capitals have 37 regulation and overtime wins. So that tells me that they have four shootout wins. The Flyers have 36 regulation and overtime wins, which means they have five shootout wins. So because the Penguins, or excuse me, because the Capitals have one more or one less, I should say, shootout win, but one more regulation and overtime win, they have the tiebreaker over the Flyers at this time. Uh, So identical records. But the Capitals do hold the tiebreaker, so we'll see how that plays out and if that does come into play when it's all said and done at the end of the season. But nonetheless, Flyers tie them. The Penguins lose, obviously, to the Caps 5-2. to two. They're now five points back of the Flyers and the Capitals. The Islanders have now lost their sixth straight game. Remember, people, this is the Islanders and the Columbus Blue Jackets are two teams that I pointed at and said, these are the two teams that I think could be in trouble, and I cited a couple of reasons why. 
I cited the Islanders because there were some things that I saw. I saw them blow a couple leads late in games um, of multiple goal leads at home uh, to cost them games. I also saw that Barry Trotz benched Matt Barzell around the All-Star break for an entire third period. And to me, those were like, like puffs of smoke, warning signs that there was something going on on the island, that there was an issue there. And then I heard that they wanted to trade for Zach Parise, a 35-year-old player with a bad back, five years left on his deal at $7.5 per. And I'm going, boy, that's more of an indication that there's something wrong there too, that Lou was willing to eat, Lou Lamorello was even willing to consider that because of the term that's left on that contract, the cap hit as well, but it tells me he needs some serious leadership in that locker room. They've lost six straight, and they made the acquisition of J.G. Pajot, which I don't think is a bad trade. Uh, but that's a team that's clearly lacking leadership. And the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, even before the injuries to Cam Atkinson and and uh, Seth Jones and Bjorkstrand, uh, I thought that was a team that could fall out because I just didn't believe in the talent. They're still hanging in there right now, two points up on Carolina, and the Rangers end up losing to the Devils. Well, the Rangers had this game, they were winning this game, they just got the doors blown off, and they lose 5-3 to three to the Devils. I was ready to proclaim the Rangers back in the mix at 76 points, and if they could have gotten to 78 tonight, they'd have been in a point of the wild card, but they blow a game to the Devils. And these teams that are not in the playoff mix anymore are proving to be very dangerous. The Devils now, all of a sudden, have won two straight games. The How about the, uh, uh, the, the Senators have won two straight games? You know, some of these teams, they get the, the pressure lifted off of them of the regular season, and all of a sudden, they're playing loosey-goosey, and they go out and they win games. The L.A. Kings have won five straight games. Can you explain that? The L.A. Kings stink. The Ducks, after the death, they've won two straight games. So that just happens sometimes. Those teams do become dangerous, and while well, the Rangers got bitten by the snake, that is the Devils, and didn't get, were unable to pick up those two points despite the fact that Mika Zibanejad scored a goal in that game. All right, so back to the Flyers real quick because it was a huge win for the Flyers. Like I said, they didn't have their A game. Uh, they get a couple of goals from Claude Giroux, his 20th and 21st. The interesting thing about the two goals from Giroux is each goal is assisted by Travis Sanheim and Jake Voracek. So Giroux's 20th at 10.04 of the first was his 20th of the season, assisted by Travis Sanheim and Jake Voracek. Uh, the Sabres tied the game when Dominic Cahoon picked up his 12th about six minutes and 50 seconds later. But in the set third period, at 9.28 of the third, Giroux picks up his second of the game, 21st of the season, assisted by Travis Sanheim and Jake Voracek. Jake Voracek right now is an absolute machine. What he is accomplishing uh, and setting up his teammates is unbelievable. He's having a tremendous year. And you may go, well, he doesn't have a ton of points. I get it. He doesn't have a ton of points. He's got a lot of points, but he doesn't have a ton of points. But here's the deal. He's been such a much better defensive player in two zones, in the neutral zone and the defensive zone, and it's not coming at the cost of his 42 assists. It is amazing the, his ability to see the ice, deliver that puck, and great job on cross-seam passes and spotting the open guy. And he picks up, again, two assists in the game against the Buffalo Sabres, and we'll see if he can ride that into what's going to be a an incredibly exciting night coming up Tuesday when the Flyers will look to make it double digits, 10 straight wins when the Boston Bruins come to town. And we all know what happened last time when Boston was in town. Flyers were down 5-2 to two in that game. They rallied back, tied it at 5, got it to overtime, eventually to a shootout. And we know what happened with Brad Marchand when he whiffed on the puck. I imagine that video might be shown a few times during the game on Tuesday when the Flyers look for 10 straight. 
I'm, I'm betting that's a pretty safe bet. All right, so after the game, we caught up with the captain. Uh, Tim Saunders, Steve Coates, and I had a chance to talk to Claude Drew after the Flyers got the win and after Giroux scored two goals in the game, and here's that conversation. Claude Giroux, he's standing by downstairs with Jason Martinez. Yeah, that's right, Tim. Claude, two goals for you tonight. Maybe not the, the way you guys drew it up before the game. I know the message was to respect the game, respect the opponent, but still to come away with a win and a ninth straight win, two more points in the standing. It's a big win for you guys. Yeah, I think it uh, wasn't our best game in, uh, in this little streak we have going, but... Uh, you know, uh, it's about uh, finding a way to win, and uh, obviously Carter was great tonight. Gee, you guys did that tonight, and so full credit, full marks for that. What is the biggest difference in this team right now than in teams in recent years? You've had some winning streaks, but this one seems different somehow. Yeah, I think uh, we're consistent in what we're doing, and uh, that's something that we really talked about of, uh, of doing. Everybody's buying in. We have four lines, 60, and, uh, and two goalies uh, just – just play the system that we want to play, and uh, you know we're having fun doing it too. Gee, I got to talk about that first goal that you got uh, when Jake got the puck over. I think you looked like a little bit of a goaltender right there when all of a sudden you got that left skate out. There were a lot of different things happening. Yeah, it came to me pretty quick, and uh, you know I kind of got surprised that uh, uh, Jake made that little pass to me, but I was able to kind of stop it with my skate and, and kind of turn around and put it in. Talk about you talk about your line real quick because Jake Voracek he's been piling up the assists. Your line's been piling up the points in this streak as well. Uh, the chemistry with the three of you and the way you guys complement each other has been off the charts. Uh, yeah, we've been uh, working on uh, uh, finding our chemistry together. Uh, I think our our game can uh, uh, can be better, and uh, we're uh, we're trying to challenge each other to uh, to be better as a line. And um, uh, I mean, we just got to keep going here. Last thing for you, Claude Giroux joining us here on the postgame show. Um, you've seen the crowd swelling, the atmosphere getting more and more rabid here at the Wells Fargo Center. You guys feeding off that? Yeah. I mean, uh, I've seen it uh, bumping really hard uh, maybe uh, four or five years ago. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's great. We see... Uh, uh, we see the whole city kind of getting a little excited here for uh, for the playoffs, and uh, for us, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. Well, Claude, thanks for doing this. Great game tonight, and uh, good luck coming up on Tuesday for 10 in a row. All right, thank you. All right, there's Flyers captain Claude Giroux joining us post-game after the Flyers beat the Buffalo Sabres 3-1. to Now, coming up for the Flyers in just a couple days. I have a couple days off. They just had three games in four days couple days off, and then they'll charge up for that game against the Boston Bruins coming up on Tuesday. What a week of hockey is on tap, by the way. How about this? You want to go over to the Atlantic Division? Well, the Flyers are going to take on Boston, the top team in the Atlantic Division, on Tuesday. Then they're going to hit the road for one against the second-best team in the Atlantic Division. That's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Then they're going to return home, take on Minnesota, Edmonton, and the Stanley Cup champions. Craig Berube and the Blues will be in town coming up on St. Paddy's Day. So one more game on this three-game homestand, that versus Boston on Tuesday, Thursday in Tampa, and then three more games at home where the Flyers have been absolutely incredible all season long. And after the or after that Tampa game, rather, they will have five straight games out of the conference. In the Western, could all be Western Conference games, Minnesota, Edmonton, St. Louis at home. Then they're going to go to Dallas and Nashville. Meanwhile, the Flyers are 29-9-5 against their own conference this year. They struggle with the, uh, they've struggled with the Western Conference. So we'll see what they can do in those five games, albeit Flyers are a much different team now than the one that struggled earlier this season, not to mention the fact that some of these teams may be playing out the string. Minnesota's still in the mix. Edmonton's certainly in the mix. St. Louis, obviously, in the mix. Dallas in the mix. And Nashville in the mix. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> not going to be an easy 
easy uh, five-game stretch by any stretch of the imagination. All right, that is your episode for the 8th of March. Everybody, enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your hockey.